Welcome back to another inspirational moment from historical Christian romance novels. Being unequally yoked. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? In Julie Lessman's book, A Passion Redeemed, we watch Mitch struggle with his attraction to charity. This is an attraction that actually started in a passion most pure. But it evolves as this becomes their love story. So God's word gives him the strength to follow God's will for him. And I love how the snippet below shows how God's precepts protect us. Because in Mitch and Charity's case, it protected both of them. If Mitch had caved and married Charity before she came to know Christ, she may have never truly found God. And when you read the novel, you'll understand that a little bit more. It's like she did, but then didn't. It was like a fake um, relationship that she had there for a little bit. But then again, if he would have caved, they would have been married. She wouldn't have truly found God. And they may never have ended up with the amazing marriage that they enjoy in the end. And some people might think that's a spoiler alert in case you haven't read it, but not really because we all know all romance novels end with our hero and leading lady married, or at least together. All right, so let's check out this snippet. He sat up and opened his eyes, flipping the pages of the Bible at random. He settled on 2 Corinthians and his eyes widened as he scanned the page. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? A ghost of a smile flitted across his lips. So much for Britty's implication that he pursued Charity O'Connor. As far as the East is from the West, so is Charity from her God. And that is from page 36. So those who have a relationship with Jesus are not to enter a marriage with someone who is not a believer. And I know the world says opposites attract, and to some degree this is true, but not in who you marry. When you marry, you become one. And that is something that is impossible when you do not share the same belief. So I'm just going to throw out there as an example. And you might find it silly. I don't know. But when you get married, it's not just that you just because you become one that you shouldn't marry an unbeliever, unbeliever. But think about all the decisions that are made that you're going to butt heads on. For example, I let's say I'm the believer and my husband isn't. I want to go to church every Sunday. I want him to come with me. He refuses. There's a battle right? You are going to be fighting over that forever. And he may or may not end up, you know, I say caving, but coming to know Jesus. Here's the other thing. Then you have children. How are you going to raise your children? Are you going to raise them in the church or out of the church? And this is why God put this in his word. He put it in there to protect us from that grief of this daily, constantly battling with the person we chose to marry because we chose to marry someone who doesn't believe in him. 
And I just love these words from Pastor Jim Brown, where he said, who you marry is the second most important decision of your life. The first is to follow Jesus Christ. And I really cannot sum it up any better than that. So let's move on to the second inspirational moment I pulled from A Passion Redeemed. And that is to pray for those who persecute you. I pulled this out because this one's really hard for me to do as well. And it's something I'm working on right now. So Matthew 5.44 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. There's a traumatic event from Mitch's past that is revealed during this novel. And actually, there's also one from Charities. And it's that that kind of helps you like Charity. Because if you've read A Passion Most Pure, you probably don't care for her. But you will love her by the end of this story. So anyways, his event is revealed. And as it comes to light, you watch him struggle with how to move past it. And Julie wrote an incredible scene on how to lean on God through the struggle of forgiving and loving your enemy. So check this out. This is a conversation between Mitch and God. All right, God, I'm done. Done keeping you at arm's length. Done doing it on my own. I'm ready to give you everything. My life, my hopes, my desires. Help me. Guide me. Show me what to do forgive. His jaw tightened and then released. Slowly, he expelled a weighted breath like fingers being pried away and letting go. Okay, I'll try, but not on my own. Help me. Pray for him. The concept was clear, but the application was as foreign as the Greek in which the Apostle Matthew had penned it. Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, Pray for those who persecute you. Mitch closed his eyes, unable to imagine ever uttering a prayer for Riggin. I can't. Pray. His fists balled on the edge of the sink. Faith had once told him, when you can't pray, pray that you can. He opened his eyes to glare upward. All right. Help me to want to pray. And that comes from page 108. And I just love that scene because if you have ever been in Mitch's position, you understand forgiving someone who has wronged you is hard and something you cannot do without God. I love how Julie reminds everyone through this scene to pray. Prayer and God's word is the only way you will be able to not only forgive your enemies, but love, bless, and pray for them because yes, that is what we are called to do. And it is amazing what happens when we do that. In fact, Julie shares an amazing story from her own life where she prayed for someone who had wronged her. And it's an amazing story of how that turned out. So you'll have to check that out. We'll have that coming out in a couple of weeks. There are so many more inspirational moments in A Passion Redeemed, especially as Charity finds her way to Christ. Julie's novel will not only entertain you, but you'll walk away filled with hope and inspiration. I also wanted to mention that Julie will be running a book giveaway soon. 
Just be sure to sign up for her newsletter at julielesman.com or follow her on Facebook. She should be announcing that contest this week. So best of luck and until next time, happy and blessed reading. Thank you for tuning in to another inspirational moment from historical Christian romance novels. I hope you are inspired by God's love for you today. And if so, consider sharing this episode with others. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you are ready to take that step today, then I invite you to join me in this simple prayer. Dear Lord, I know I am a sinner, for man is not good apart from you. I thank you for bearing the punishment of my sins on the cross, and I ask today that you would forgive me, wash away my sin, and make me new in you. From this day on, Lord, walk with me until the day you call me home. Amen. If you took that step today, then I say welcome home, my friend. And if you accepted Jesus as your Savior, I'd love to know. Please leave a comment below this post or email me at literaryscape at literaryscape.com as I would love to pray for you as you begin this amazing journey with God. God bless and see you next time.